Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So today I'm going to speak about the emotions of the NFT space. And anyone that has been in, in this space for any amount of time, whether it's just a day or a month or a year, will definitely know there are emotions involved, not just in the NFT space, but with crypto and anything really involving money. But in particular, with the NFT space, FOMO, which is the fear of missing out, and anxiety are some real things. And I am a huge advocate of speaking about anxiety, mental health, and all these different things. I know that's not why you come to this podcast, but I can definitely tell you that as someone who was struggling with anxiety for the longest time and not even knowing it until in my mid to late 20s, that I found a book called The 10 Best Anxiety Management Techniques Ever, something like that. But if trust me, if you Google that, it's going to pop up, 10 Best Anxiety Management Techniques. It is by far something that had changed my life, reading that book and the outlook of it. And within this NFT space, there's certain things that trigger some anxiety, certain things that you know will make me uneasy and what have you. And fear of missing out is one of them. It's like, oh man, this might be the one to go to the moon. Or I really want this, but I don't have enough time to transfer oh it's sold before i got it you know there are just so many emotions or you really want something and you buy it and then it goes down right so you know all sorts of different things but also there's triggers with just understanding that there's uh different areas and that will uh trigger different emotions such as when you go into a, a twitter space and you want to speak about the thing you're not sure you don't want to go on the stage because you might not be an expert and you might think that someone who is doing a daily NFT podcast doesn't go through those things, but I will tell you for sure that, you know, when I go into a space and it's about a particular area that I have those same doubts, same insecurities of uh, getting on the stage, especially when it is something where I'm not as familiar with or as versed as I am with other areas or not business applications. You know, really, as, as a, if you've listened to any of the episodes, my background is really um, business marketing. I do study psychology for my own mental health and well-being and the benefit of my friends and family. But definitely like anything like that, easy to talk about. Talk about business, marketing, even space, all sorts of crazy things. But when it comes to anything, there's always that insecurity level of getting up and, and saying something in front of an audience that you think is an expert. No one wants to get on stage and speak about something that they aren't really secure about. You know, before the experts, you know, there's founders and there's it's really an accessible space in that, you, you know, some very high end people that are creating stuff on the blockchain and like they've been in the space for 15 years. Well, not 15 years. They've been in the space for like three, four five years. Well, you could be in crypto for maybe 10 years, but definitely you can get on stage with someone who like seems like they're way out of your league. And it's pretty cool in this space that, you know, everyone's sort of welcome, open to have a discussion. And it's still intimidating, though. And in addition to that, just all the different elements there's also the fear of losing money, not just with the crypto and like where the, the thing is trading for the day or whatever, but purchasing the wrong NFT. It could be a rug pull. It, the project could blow up. It could be at a high price and you don't sell it. Then you're going to regret it because then it crashes. You know, all sorts of different things that could create different emotions and what have you. 
But I think the best management technique as far as uh, why or how to navigate this space is planning. In the case of, let's say you're going to have a conversation, get into one of these uh, Twitter spaces or you're going to tweet about it or something, you might be a little like weary and apprehensive thinking that someone's going to attack you. Generally speaking, that doesn't really happen. Trust me, there are angry people on Twitter that are going to run you down and say, no, you know, this is the most official way and this and that. You can't say that. However, if you're just saying something, you know, out of ignorance, that's like, you know, an innocent statement, generally speaking, people will be like, well, you know, I think you should consider this. You know, it's not as vicious as people think. But just planning out like one statement that you wanted to make or a question, you know, a lot of times you get on stage and then like um, whatever you thought was you're going to ask, like they say, okay, you're up. Uh, Tropic Vibes, what's your question? And it just runs out of your head. But if you just write down your question or make a note to yourself that, you know, in case those butterflies do come, you at least know what you're going to ask. That is something that is just great that I recommend. So that's part of planning. But also in the case of getting into these projects, you're about to make a purchase. The number one thing I would say is do your homework. You know, I am slow to purchase and a lot of times I am always diving in and reading and researching and going back and forth and trying to see. And trust me, if I was more gung-ho, jump in really quickly, I would probably have... (laughs) made a lot better purchases and and done really well because even when I was looking at apes and everything you know that's what I could kick myself in because I'm looking at where they were and I was like oh yeah this stuff is you know pretty cool but eh, then look where it is now right you know it's like $200,000 just to get into the project so yeah if I was more of a polio trigger type of person I would have been in apes and I would have been sitting up here right now just smiling my 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 way to uh, the hall of fame right But generally speaking, uh, I'm not an impulsive person, and that also uh, helps in the sense that, you know, impulse is one way to really jump into the wrong thing, clicking the wrong link, buying a, a fake project, or just looking at the art or hearing a mint is going on without researching the founders, the community, or anything, and just buying it, or seeing something that, okay, well, all of these are at a great price, this one is really rare, so I don't know why this isn't selling, let me just get it. And then you find out that the the project was made an announcement that just made the the community very wary. They're getting ready to dump and you're now stuck with it. Well, those are the type of things that impulsive buys can do. But if you're someone that is buying what you know, then that kind of puts some safety onto that. With one exception, when it comes to impulsive buys, if you've already done your research for a project, for example, you know, you have been looking at this project and you've really wanted it, then all of a sudden one comes on the market at a cheap price and as soon as you see it boom you pull the trigger and just get it well that's sort of impulsive like because you didn't plan to get it this wasn't in the blueprint however you already did your homework laid the groundwork so and in that case it's sort of like informed impulsive But when it comes to minting something now, line up the funds well ahead of the time. Do your budgeting, actually calculate, okay, if there's going to be gas fees, let me overestimate, over budget in case there is going to be a gas war. What am I willing to pay? Let's say it is 0.08 high at that time. I might want to get two of them. So I'm going to add in a little extra and another buffer of say 10%. Like, you know, planning stuff out like that will alleviate the, oh my gosh, like I I can't believe it. I'm just, you know, they say point zero zero one off. Now I can't get it. Like, you know, overestimating, over planning, over budgeting. That is one way you can definitely uh, reduce some of that anxiety. I mean, there's still going to be anxiety because it's like, you know, it's like game time, right? So it's it's really 
there is not going to go to zero, but it really brings it down a lot. Another thing is just being liquid, right? If there's something that you really want, and when I say being liquid, that's like a financial term. Uh, a liquid asset is something like cash, stocks, something that you can sell and move very quickly, which is not real estate. It is not a yacht. <laughs> it is not, you know, NFT in certain cases, right? Because it's going to take time for the correct buyer to come along to be able to afford that. So what I mean is, Crypto is a liquid asset if we're talking about this whole Web3 space, right? You can get in and out of, well, at least the major tokens. If it's some like crazy NFT token that is, you know, comes sort of a staking reward and there's not much liquidity pools to get out of it. And when I say liquidity pool, it, going back to that word liquidity, it's just a way to make what is an asset that you cannot necessarily sell a little bit more sellable, right? They, they somehow provide a way to get from crazy NFT coin into back to ETH or back to WAX. It's, it's really com common on WAX. So th that's really, again, really where m my most interest and focus uh is for the most part and following how WAX is doing a lot of stuff. So a liquidity pool is very common over there. But when you stay liquid, let's say in the case of ETH, I'll just use ETH again because that's just really where a lot of the action is. And it, you know, honestly, as I've said before, the first project that I was getting ready to uh, mint on ETH was on January 11th and it was delayed because, you know, that was a project that I'm really excited about and I'm definitely willing to pay gas fees and get into it for that. But Having that ability, I, I just kept it in ETH and I know that, okay, it is an ETH right now and I'm ready to transfer it uh, to my MetaMask when I'm ready to mint. I'm not going to tie this into a major NFT purchase or anything. I might see something really small and just uh, dabble into it, but I'm, I'm not going to do anything that's going to make it when it comes mint time, when it's time for me to purchase that, that I won't have the funds to do that. I'm going to have to get more cash for my, you know, offline life, or I'm going to have to uh, either borrow it from some other account, you know, the whole expression, uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Well, I don't have to do that if I stay liquid, just keeping it in Ethereum or ETH, I should say, and ready to make that purchase will relieve some anxiety for me when it comes to that time now, whenever the minting does open up. And I, you know, I just know that the funds are already there for me to mint on the 11th. Well, now the funds are sitting there waiting to, for me to mint on whenever they decide to open it up. And at the end of the day, I know what the mint price is. So it doesn't matter if the price of ETH goes up or down. I just know that I have the exact amount of ETH. Well, I shouldn't say the exact amount of ETH. I have more than enough to cover the, the mint price. So it is what it is. I'm locked in at this point. And I'm not going to go, you know, put it into a stable coin and gamble and try to ride it up and down and switching it out and trying to squeeze in an extra dollar here and there. Because what if what if I'm wrong? <laughs> what if I lose? And, you know, when it comes mint time, I've lost 30 percent trying to be greedy to make an extra 10 percent. That doesn't it doesn't make sense. So I just keep it there and, and you know, just have it there ready to go. And this also comes in not just for minting, but it. If you see a great deal, like something hits the floor and just be able to pull the trigger on that, that's what I was saying earlier. You see a great deal, you can scoop it up, right? You don't have to worry about not having the funds for it and kick yourself down the line. Which brings me to number five, it's just gratitude, right? Just being in this space is, is just, just ha no, having this knowledge, having this ability to basically play with these quote unquote JPEGs and have uh, this great community, some fun conversations and, you know, 
it is just a great community to be a part of. So understanding that, okay, you might have made a few calls here and there. You, you know, you would have made more money if you had pulled the trigger. In my case, on a board ape, or if I would have done that, I, it would have been so much better. Well, that is true, but I'm just grateful for the fact that I came into the space in May when I did. I'm learning so much. I'm connecting with so many people. And honestly, if it wasn't for the people and the connections and the fun that I'm having, I wouldn't be here. You know, the money, the prices, the sales, all that stuff. I mean, that's the same thing with anything. You know, I'm a part of a family business and it's no different than um, my offline life. But no, the community and conversations and everything that I'm having, I'm so grateful for it and this space. And that is one of the reasons why I have this podcast. I don't have a podcast about my family business, right? I have a podcast about this stuff. <laughs> and which brings me to number six is just having a fun. Having fun relieves so much anxiety and you know, what FOMO? Like, are you having fun right now? Well, who cares if you could have had a bigger sale? Who cares if you could have had a couple more NFTs in your wallet? Are you having fun at the present moment? Well, realizing that also brings you back to the whole gratitude thing. Just grateful for the experience of this NFT space. This is just an amazing thing. And all of us can beat ourselves up about all the mistakes, all the money that we could have made, all the the losses that we've uh, taken, selling when things were down, and then the floor price shoots up as we get out. You know, anything can happen. But one thing that I really love about this NFT space is that whole WAGMI, that W-A-G-M-I acronym that's going around. Well, a couple of reasons why I like it. The one, uh, it stands for we're all going to make it because, you know, the, the tide lifts all ships. And in theory, in this whole NFT space, there's enough to go around for all of us to be all right. We'll all make it together. But another reason why I like this <laughs> is because, you know, as I've shared, I I'm in Jamaica right now. And, you you know, Wagwan like is like a Jamaican thing, and I, you know, I Americanize it so everyone can fully hear it. But you know, Wagmi is like <laughs> when I see it, I think of Wagmi. You know, Wagwan, Wagmi. You know, so that's just another reason why I happen to like <laughs> the whole uh, NFT space and that whole Wagmi Wagmi acronym. And normally, I don't like uh, a lot of those Yolos and all that stuff, but that's one I can jump on for sure because it has a, such a positive meaning. And I'm just grateful for all of you guys that are listening to this, sharing my content. And speaking of gratitude, I really want to uh, share my gratitude to those of you that have been uh, sharing the NFT drops and giving me some positive feedback and sharing the content and uh, sending me messages. I really do appreciate that. It does help me and it, it really motivates me. And lastly, before I run, I just really want to uh, mention that book again. And I'm telling you, it absolutely changed my life. The 10 best ever anxiety management techniques. It is just a game changer. Um, if you just Google it, you can see some tips and there's definitely some articles and things about it. But uh, I think it's probably, it's like less than $20 on uh, Amazon or wherever. So it's definitely worth it. It is on Audible as well. I have it in a couple of versions <laughs> myself. I think I have the audio version and the book version and I've shared it to so many people. So anyways, in addition to NFT stuff, if there's anything about anxiety that you ever wanna, you know, just ask a question about or shoot something out, I am no expert or advisor, not in a financial space or as a mental health provider. However, I can share my personal experiences. I can share what I know, point to some resources, point you to the experts and do whatever I can because at the end of the day, wag me, right? Or wag me. <laughs> so at the end of the day, like I said, we're all going to make it together. And until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. 
As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.